Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Hello there, good morning, good evening, good afternoon. We have with us Velas, the man of the hour who needs no introduction whatsoever. You can find Velas over at the Discord. He will be there answering questions and exposing all things of the deep state. And with that being said, Velas, welcome. It is Friday. You're here again. And I've heard that you have a rant. I do have a rant. Before I get into the rant, we're having lovely weather in the three three of us as part of the universe. How are you boys doing? Oh, doing great. Gorgeous. The weather is absolutely, absolutely stunning. I'm going to go outside and uh, lie naked on my lawn. This is so. This is so not. I was. I telling friends of mine out on the West Coast who are desperately looking for water. I said, um, I don't want to. I don't want to twist the knife in the wound. But I said, you know, being out here in the Midwest, not really since 1993 can I recall a summer where in August. I look out my window and I don't just see brown grass everywhere. I mean, it is so green outside right now. It, it looks like October. Green. Yeah. outside of leaves changing i love it i bet we'll get some killer color in the in the fall as well because the trees have had plenty of water i'm looking forward to it it's gonna it's always fun you know fall is a time of pumpkin spice and i like indeed pumpkin spice i put pumpkin spice on everything bro for those of you for those of you west of the mississippi i i do not mean to upset you i know you're you're dealing with some serious situations out there but uh hang in there um yeah, I, I had an opening, folks, uh, and I'm still going to go through it. But um, uh, truly hot off the presses, a couple a couple of things here. Because um, I didn't want to get too deep into the whole Mar-a-Lago Treasury Department topic, and we're going to slightly get into that. But um, yes, I know there are some news articles out there in the alt uh, or alternative uh, aggregators like uh, the same websites we've we've often talked about here on Rogue, um, you know, the Liberty Daily, Revolver, Rantingly. Uh, I'm sure Zero Hedge has something in the in the bucket about to come out. Uh, Citizen Free Press and similar. But the net of it is is that um, I was listening to Mike Moore before uh, his recorded uh, program for today. Uh, before we got into today's show and. Moore was raising that, typical of Mike Moore, he had covered some material a couple of years ago about rumors concerning the following, which is that the Saudi government may have been working with the United States to acquire nuclear weapons from us rather than develop them themselves, that we would actually sell them the technology. And he, this dovetails into... Again, a couple of things, and and at a high level, folks, this is one of those reminders about 
my, my often repeated comments, and I don't mean to do it like I'm talking down to all of you. It's just I used to do stuff like this or hear these sorts of stories in Washington where the media is saying one thing, uh, various political camps are saying another, and the truth uh, is somewhere in the middle. To quote from Babylon 5, the truth is a three-edged sword. Your truth, their truth, and then what lies within the middle. Sure. So when warrants were being issued through FISA judges and so on uh, against Donald Trump before he took office, the narrative we've all heard is, is that that was a political hit. Uh, they didn't want him in the White House. He's not really a Republican. He's kind of an outsider. The system emotionally is vomiting him out, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yes, Balazs guy, I agree with you. Um, it, it's now kind of turning out that the reason why they were shoving out FBI, which is also true, they, they shoved out a lot of FBI agents right before he took office. And we've, we've talked about it here, uh, more you know, his program has been very, um, vocal about, about all of these resignations we've had separately over at the FDA and the CDC that, that as I've often said, there were people who, who their, their viewpoints on life may not be our cup of tea over in the health agencies, but when you really boil it down, they're still Americans. They still care about the country and they do not like their agencies being strong armed by big pharma and similar to, to shotgun out various drugs. Mm -hmm. So similarly with the FBI, it appears that powers that be were clearing out the FBI of people who might get in the way or didn't want to go along. And that what they were doing is, is they were trying to find out before <clears throat> Donald took office because evidently, and again, Everything I'm saying is hearsay. Everything I'm saying is very high level. We got to, as I often say, we've got to wait and, and let the data come out. Don't get emotional about these things. Just let's let it go forward and see what happens. Cause everybody involved in this nonsense has got a stake in this, in this topic line. Um, it appears at a high level that under the Obama administration, there was some sort of effort to sell the Saudis, um, to sell the Saudis nuclear weapons. Which is interesting because, as I said on, on a couple prior shows, that starting under uh, George Bush Sr., and this is how long these things take, the United States was trying to warm up to Iran. Um, we were having a lot of problems, not worth getting into on today's show. We were having a lot of problems with the Saudi government. And more specifically, there are segments of, of Saudi society who are very militant about their beliefs. And because you have segments, and I mean that literally, like little little fiefdoms inside the kingdom, where they have, there's another way to say it, they have hundreds of millions of dollars, if not billions of dollars at their disposal to push their agenda globally. And this, this was becoming a problem. And George Friedman, in his international affairs books and papers and so on that he's written, and a number of other people have talked about this, that the... Uh, United States government for many years had been pressuring the Saudis to say, look, you got to get these folks inside your society under control. You know, and I'm saying this tongue in cheek. Uh, we, the United States, would see something flippant like, if we've got folks in our society become a problem, we send the FBI after them, you know, <laughs> which is ironic yeah. given the events of the past week. Um, <laughs> but the Saudi government for years, and I mean decades, was telling us we can't really rein these folks in. Uh, you'll start a civil war in the kingdom. And if you think things are bad now, you haven't lived until there's a, there's a civil war in Saudi Arabia. So starting under Bush Sr., we started warming up relations with Iran. And that continued under Bill Clinton, and then it continued under under W, uh, and then it continued under, under Obama. And then when the Donald came into office, there was this massive shift. 
And uh, one of my first shows I did here on Rogue, I said that when Donald took office, he did something that it was unprecedented, which was that he flew directly from either Saudi Arabia to Israel, Israel to Saudi Arabia. But he, he hit a couple of key countries in the Middle East all at once as soon as he took office. And usually, and I said at the time, when something like that happens, it's because world leaders are trying to literally look each other in the eye and not let their handlers get in the way. And at the time, many people, myself included, believed that this was a foreign policy shift by the United States back to Israel and Saudi Arabia and away from Iran, that we were walking away from warming up relations with Iran. This latest development, if true, is a major consideration because it means as part of that relationship to give Saudi Arabia the ultimate, kind of like the state of Israel. Why did everybody stop trying to attack Israel? Well, there's no way to say it. They had the bomb. Everybody knew, okay, if we go into a ground war with Israel, if, if Israel starts losing, they're going to start using nuclear weapons. It's no different than mutually assured destruction and the full. Yeah, that's the Masada, that's the, the Masada option right there. Yeah. Masada must it, never fall again. What, what they talk about in, in war planning and in, in during the Cold War with, with Warsaw Pact and NATO. There's an area of Germany called the Fulda Gap where multiple tank battalions were anticipated that the opening of World War III would, would engage each other. Uh, this is no joke. I mean, it's used as a joke, but the joke was is that the average lifespan of a tank crew in the Fulda Gap was uh, something under, under 60 seconds. But the belief was whoever started winning in the fold of gap, the next option by the losing side was to start using nuclear weapons. So what preserved Israel was they had nuclear weapons. No one wanted to go past a certain point in dealing with the state of Israel because they were a nuclear power. As we've seen in the case of Yemen, where even Saudi Arabia's military has to rely on the United States to try and keep the situation in Yemen from getting out of control, the Saudi military has some of the finest weapons in the world. And I've been on military bases where Saudi pilots are being trained, but somewhere between their military personnel and their equipment and their command structure, there's, there's a bit of a gap because Saudi Arabia's military just can't seem to execute worth a crap. This is why everybody had to, this is, you talk to people in the Middle East, and this is the thing that really torques them off, is the United States, quote, shouldn't have needed to get involved in the 91 war against Iraq. Saudi Arabia should have been able to handle that with, with maybe, some, maybe some equipment and things, maybe a few U.S. warships off the coast to give them a hand. But Saudi Arabia, the size of their military, the scale of the weapons they had and everything else, they should have been able to handle that. Why did all these Western powers have to come into the Middle East? And it's like because Saudi Arabia's military just, just can't execute. There's just another way to say it. So what's, right. the ultimate, uh, what's the ultimate solution to that problem? You give them nuclear weapons. So... Were these classified documents, who the hell knows? Who knows what was on them? Who knows what they were? The point I'm trying to make this morning is, is that Mike Moore from his program has pointed out that, and I got to give more credit. In fact, as I said a couple of weeks ago, Moore, I forgot what it was he did. He was talking about something and some congressman got on the damn floor of the house and said, we need to investigate this, this uh, uh, clown Mike Moore and his, his uh, uh, podcast program because he's making inflammatory statements about whatever. Um, as of this morning, Mike Moore's in trouble again. <laughs> He's in trouble again <laughs> because people are like, hey, this clown was talking about this shit a couple of years ago. And it's like, right, because he gets better. He's he's got sources in the field and, and he's trusted. And he's got people coming out of, I mean, he's got the trifecta. He's got people inside the FBI telling him what the hell's going on. He's got people inside the FDA and the CDC telling him what's going on. Uh, all he needs now are some State Department people. 
But the net of it is more covered this topic at a very high level some time ago. And if you, as I often say, if you're on a VPN and you're, uh, you know, hitting certain websites of news services in other countries where this country doesn't want you to listen, um, these rumors were kind of out there. Uh, there's been similar rumors, and, and I told you all, I wrote a graduate paper about the nuclear development in both Brazil and Argentina as a similar thing to kind of, maybe that was the answer to cool off uh, tensions in South America was, we'll just give the two biggest kids nuclear weapons and then we'll call it a day. So if indeed we were attempting to arm Saudi Arabia, the timeline clearly shows that began under President Obama, which begs the question, was this another unilateral White House move, which would be unbelievably embarrassing beyond highly illegal um, and Donald, as of this morning, in typical Donald fashion, is saying that uh, he wants all the documents released and made public. Uh, he has nothing to hide, yada, 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 we'll see. But I did want to start off this morning's program by, by you know, making clear about this, this Saudi Arabian angle. Now, that said, and kind of what I wanted to convey this morning is, is that I'm going to go there, and I've said on this program since January and I've said several times, and I'm going to keep on saying it because I know in the noise of our universe, sometimes we forget. I have been saying to all of you many times, yes, it's my opinion, but I've said, you will see crap the likes of which you cannot imagine leading up to these midterms. I said, we're going to see borderline aliens landing on the White House lawn. And this is exactly this theater, this drama that's in front of us. We are literally, I'm dead serious, we are literally living through a psychological operation. You're, this is what it feels like, folks. You're living through a psychological operation right now by multiple sides. Now, the question we have to ask ourselves and our family members and those we know is, and especially given the, the uh, event yesterday in Cincinnati at the FBI office, uh, are people getting mad about these things? Are people getting worried about these things? There's all this chatter out there by various folks, including Gerald Salente, talking about, you know, the GD, uh, the gosh darn FBI and the government and blah, 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 blah. And do people feel disturbed about these events? Now, I'm going to put on my old think tank hat for a moment. Right now, if any of you listening to my voice or listening to the rebroadcast of this program, if any of you or your family or your coworkers or your kids or anyone you know, if you're feeling any, any form of emotion right now about just what's been going on this last week, and I'm talking about Mar-a-Lago, I'm talking about the FBI, then these people's efforts on you are succeeding. Strong emotion <laughs> makes people act irrationally. Strong emotion makes people abandon reason. Strong emotion takes your attention off of other things. I worked with research organizations and private consulting groups that advised major corporations in the U.S. government on how, I wouldn't necessarily use the word manipulate, they called it marketing, but how you manipulate the public. And I've seen this movie before. Everything I saw going down this week, even I had to check myself at the door and say, wait a minute, wait a minute, slow down. Velas, you know, everything you're looking at right now is orchestrated by design because there are so many things about what went on in Florida that are strange, weird, uh, out of the ordinary. Wait a minute. What? You know, none of that made any sense at all. And so the magician is making you look at bad man orange. It's making you look at his property in Florida. It's making you look at treasury run amok. 
And of course, what are we not paying attention to right now? Well, here's an easy one. Nearly every elected legislative official in the United States government just gave more than $40 billion in money and assets to a collapsing criminal state with no strings attached, a country who tragically counts among its top exports, money laundering, human trafficking, prostitution, and immoral medical experimentation. Bretton Woods has died. That's what is this is about. Bretton Woods has died. The financial system's being reordered. And powerful players and billionaires are fighting for control because right now, no one particular group appears to be able to make this go the way they want it to. So we've got to remain focused on the big game. The last time these idiots did this, it took a world war and 70 million lives. So we've got all of us. We've got to try and stay calm here. Keep your swivel on. Work together and communicate and, and review the data objectively because the last damn thing they want is any of us educating ourselves or working together. So I'll pause before I get into my next comment here and just let V and CJ throw in their, their two cents on that. You know, everything that you said makes sense because it, it corroborates with the data that I'm seeing on the financial end. It is right now. It, 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 there is such an internal war, and I don't know how many factions are involved at this point. And, and you hit the nail on the head. The most poignant point you made is that Bretton Woods is over. It's over. Every world leader knows this. Every person in the financial realm knows this. They know it's over. And right now, the question is, how do you land a plane in which both of its engines have completely flamed out? Okay? <laughs> how, how do you land the plane? The, the, you, you've lost rudder control. You have very little hydraulics. Your redundancy systems are not working to the utmost how do you land this thing? Do you plow it into the rice field? Do you try to, you know, land it in the forest? This is getting wrecked some way, you know. And 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 I think the saving grace is, is that you have Russia and you have China, which are nuclear powers, which the major faction, which is the military incompetent complex, does not want to get into any sort of a nuke war or any even a conventional war with the Russians or the Chinese because that's a war they will lose, and they know this. They know this because they got to go there to fight either the Russians or the Chinese. And that's continental warfare is something this country sucks balls at. Okay. We're very good in the Air Force Department. We're pretty good in the Navy Department. That's been kind of like, you know, e equaled out. But that being said, just with the private equity that is right now at war on, uh, uh, in this country, that is right now rudderless. Folks, the, the, the whole Mar a Lago raid, it, it, what this shows is. There's no leadership anywhere in the annals of Washington, D.C., or private equity or special interests. It's every man for himself at this point, fellas. It's crazy. Well, real quick, real quick on uh, the Michael Moore thing, uh, you know, because I, I, I listened to a lot of conversations last night and, you know, going back to the whole nuclear thing. I think the Washington Post was the first to kind of report that, right? That, hey, listen, the FBI, this was tied to. So it'd be interesting to see where they got, got that information. Uh, but I believe that the nuclear information was just a cover potentially by the FBI to warrant something of, of escalation of something severe of why they had to do it. I, 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 don't, I, I don't believe the whole nuclear option Um I, th I think that was just a kind of cover for them as to, hey, this is why we had to do this. This wasn't just about memos and, and letters. So that's just my my opinion. 
Uh, let's not forget that Obama also went on his apology tour to the Middle East as soon as yes. he was elected. He flew and 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 took off. And in, and in follow up to the, the to the nuclear option, especially with the Saudis, I I think we lose all leverage against the Saudi with the Saudis if we give them nuclear capabilities. In other words, we fund them, we give them arms, we give them weapons. And the moment that we give them the nuclear capability, we kind of lose that leverage against them because, boom, they have it. Um, so that's my thoughts as it relates to that. And then you said something very important, Velas, and that's the emotions, right? The emotions and the energy that takes over. But we have to remember it works on both sides. I think Trump and the Republicans understand that just as much as not even really Republicans, but I think both sides understand that energy and that momentum that gets going. And, and we're seeing that electrified. We're seeing that amplified in the current conversations on both sides. I mean, you know, the, the Republicans are all, are, are all in cahoots and we're going to get this done. We're going to do this. And, and the Dems are supercharged as well. Like I, I'm reading articles are saying that, that Biden's had his best month and, and I attribute it to the things that he's done. So both, both all people understand how to leverage people's emotions uh, to do that. And, and as well as Trump. Well, you got you got a lot there, uh, CJ. Let me let me throw a few coins in. Uh, first of all, Cyber Queen Co. Uh, we're referencing Mike Moore, not Michael Moore, the the big fat director. Uh, that's Mike Moore of True Pundit. Um, uh, yes, on your comment about about it makes Saudi Arabia, for lack of a better word, less controllable if they're in possession of nuclear weapons. But but I'm going to go with my normal narrative. I think the party, if you will that was moving this was Israel. I think Israel wanted to make sure Saudi Arabia was armed. Now, the simple answer is, <laughs> I'm way oversimplifying, um, Israel could have given Saudi Arabia nuclear weapons. But the problem, as you all know, is, is, is it, not at our level, but at the level of governments, that would get out. Somebody somewhere would say, holy shit, how the hell did the Saudis get nukes? Did they develop them domestically? Because they don't necessarily have the means to do that. Uh, and it would take all of five seconds for people to say, well, there's only one outfit on the planet outside the United States that would ever give Saudi Arabia nuclear weapons. And that would be that would be Israel, because the enemy and my enemy is my friend and the common enemy for them is is Iran. Uh, Hobo sermons. I will actually be getting into Roy Cohn today. Um, there were. Uh, but yeah, also your comment about about the energy or the uh, emotion of the party, um, you you really hit something powerful there, CJ. Because in in my former life, this this is what you call uh, weaponizing a societal segment. You you now have a segment of American society that is so jacked. I mean, we had we we had one guy go off the reservation yesterday. Uh, they they killed him in a farm field. Um, but it's like you've got an entire galvanized segment of the U.S. population now that if Donald Trump were to just simply say, I need anyone who supports me to do fill in the blank. Oh, it's well, on and popping. It's on yeah, and now, popping. Now, 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 <laughs> now they're ready to go. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you, you definitely nailed a number of things there. And, and uh, kudos, my friend. Um, so yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to see how this goes. Uh, the other thing too, you were saying about, about was this a cover story or whatever folks, that's, that is the classic aspect of this, which is, okay, we're going to say he may have taken classified materials. Oh, that doesn't seem to be working. Okay. He took, he took nuclear classified material, which is a form of the truth. If this narrative is correct, but then to CJ's point, 
even the Saudi story could end up being a further obfuscation of the truth to hide whatever this is really about. I mean, the thing, as I was watching this all unfold in the news, the thing that popped into my head the other day was, is I thought, wow, even among kind of the more uh, flamboyant elements of the alternative community, I thought, geez, not one person has gone with the obvious that, uh, and I'm saying this tongue in cheek, that um, uh, RFK Jr. is coming back and that uh, what Trump took was actually uh, all the detail on the Kennedy assassination (laughs) and what really happened. Uh, That's, that's actually what he had at Mar-a-Lago. We'll have to, we'll have to see. Um, So anywho, um, so yeah, on the Inflation Reduction Act uh, and the Treasury topic, uh, just to paraphrase a friend of the show who who does uh, his stuff sometimes on Sunday nights, um, always remember your legal rights, especially with uh, the Treasury Department. Now, I'm not endorsing anybody doing anything illegal or suggesting pissing off that particular agency. I'm just saying, if that agency start com- coming after you for some reason, the 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 degree of appeals and counter inquiries you can bring against Treasury is probably more uh, thorough than any other federal agency there is out there. But like a lot of things in life, if you don't know that, you'll think, "Oh my God, it's the IRS." Um, understand your rights, don't break the law, um, but you can't believe how weak the Treasury Department really is. And the and the, the proof of that is look at what happened with uh, the Scientology organization and what they did to Treasury. Uh, you know, basically a cult brought the Treasury to their knees simply because they thoroughly read page by page the rules on the appeals process when it comes to the Treasury Department. So don't let yourself get outdone by a cult of all things. Uh, when it comes to that particular federal agency. Secondly, consider the fact that both the House of Representatives and the Senate have just approved tens of billions of dollars for Ukraine, as well as this legislation. And for me, when this many elected officials are voting without much debate or opposition, uh, they're compromised. And you have to ask yourself a question, what's worse than blackmail to compel this kind of, and I'm using this word intentionally, obedience? For $33 billion, the Republicans could have gotten major infrastructure repair and voters, and the Democrats could have gotten massive social programs, and both parties got neither. A great hand is moving some pieces around, folks, if that many elected officials have absolutely no free will left. Now, moving into the exciting topic of commodities, uh, cobalt, uh, as you know, is so valuable it can get a third world government overthrown if people want it bad enough. Uh, it's used in lithium-ion batteries. Uh, it also has values to the U.S. military yep. uh, because U.S. military metal. every missile guidance system, microchip, computer chip that's that's needed for weapon systems. Cobalt is very vital to it. I used to trade exactly, exactly, exactly. It's used and and V knows this. I I worked with with engine testing and stuff in my old life, and there are high temperature and high pressure sensitive components where cobalt is mixed with metals and so on to make those more resistant. It's used for magnets and alloys and military applications. It's also, by the way, folks, used in a lot of munitions uh, for detonators and similar, and it's also used in stealth technology. Um, Well, China controls most of the world's cobalt supply at present, and that's a bit of a problem. 97%. You bet, my friend, exactly. And China's pulling that out of the Congo, which the Congo is, uh, that's a party. Uh, I've had personal dealings with helping firms uh, figure out how to get commodities out of that country because they're what are known as conflict minerals. And you have international agreements. The the, the other place is uh, Zimbabwe, because we used to do back in 03, 04, I used to broker cobalt, vanadium, and molybdenum, which are the two other metals that you always find with every vein of cobalt out there. 
and we used to take it right out of Zimbabwe, ship it right up from Joburg. And from Joburg, we used to, at that point, uh, we had a company called Falcon Bridge, and they would refine it in Norway, and then that would be distributed to Glencore, and then it goes throughout the entire world. That's all changed now. China runs that entire market. All the Falcon Bridge is gone. Everybody else is gone. China's the major player. They are. And uh, in a past life, I worked with some Silicon Valley firms because these materials are used in cell phones and other electronics. There are two very um, well-known international agreements. One is called ROS, uh, capital R, uh, lowercase o, HS, and the other one is called REACH. Um, these are the international standards for how you control conflict mineral supplies, where they came from, et cetera. But there's no other way to say it, folks. How is this normally done? In the case of what my Silicon Valley clients were using, what often happens is materials are mined by children on amphetamines in a lot of these countries. And then they're shipped to other countries where they're reclassified, uh, for their source and origin. So the, the, uh, breaking of the rules, if you will, is, is on behalf of some third world country who then tells the United States or suppliers out of the United States. Oh yeah, we got, we got all this uh, legally. So, and from the land of unintended consequences, uh, the inflation reduction act they just passed has massive allowances for green energy, which focuses on cobalt yet again. So the United States has some options in the continental United States, but they're nowhere near what we need. And so the name who's now been coming up is Indonesia. And from a couple of my programs, you know, I've said this often, there's been so much blood spilled in U.S. foreign policy decisions in that country, uh, I, it makes me very nervous to imagine what's going to go down now. Current United States options boil down to two distinct options, uh, fund and ramp up our interests in Indonesia, mining and similar, uh, to acquire these materials quickly, um, or ramp up recycling. Uh, in the United States, and it's probably going to come down to both. So, uh, and I mean this seriously, it's not my cup of tea, but I know the opportunity is there. If you're looking to make some money, or if you're looking for some things to, to kind of poke around in where you might be able to get, find yourself an angle, uh, cobalt recycling in the United States might be one. And if you're really feeling saucy, you can start looking into how you might somehow get involved in whatever our efforts are going to be uh, in Indonesia. Now, speaking of making a few bucks um, from the world of private equity, um, Private equity, uh, you know, as you know, is not going to invest in something unless they've done their homework. They have some of the, the best minds in the world working on them. So it's always an opportunity to ride those coattails and make a buck. So a couple of things uh, came out of um, one of the websites that I think I shared with all of you. And if I haven't, I will get to it. It's called PE Hub, uh, Papa Echo Hub, uh, dot com. Um, one of which uh, that came out this week was plumbing and HVAC services or heating and ventilation and air conditioning services uh, are being described in the private equity space as recession resistant. Uh, several private equity firms are investing in that sector, including L. Catterton, Sun Capital, Ridgemont Equity Partners, and Stellex. Uh, another area they feel is recession proof is home maintenance services. I've known some folks who use those services and it could be tailored for big or small needs. Uh, they can, I have a family member who just has a company that comes by and checks the HVAC system. Uh, you know, the refrigerant is, is sufficient, it's pressurized appropriately and change the filters. I know other folks that have the whole end to end thing where it's everything from your water softener to if you've got triple filtration, which you should have if you can on your on your water in your home or your, your where you live, coolant checks on other systems, washer and dryer checks, clean out the dryer lint thing. 
Uh, even your outdoor backup generator, if you've got one, there's firms that take care of all of that for you. Investors in that sector include big ones like Morgan Stanley, uh, Thompson Street or Thompson Street Advisors, Rock Mountain and FRE. So the takeaway on plumbing and HVAC and home maintenance services is uh, this may be an area where some of you or friends or relatives could start a business these investors want to buy uh, or franchises, if that makes sense, although be careful with franchises. Um, and or can you support the firms that are doing the work in those areas? And I, I hate to go there, but even if if um, BlackRock and Blackstone uh, and others out there who are buying up all these uh, properties across the United States uh, for rental purposes, uh, they also are obviously going to want large contracts that allow somebody to take care of all those properties for them. So we may not agree with with their motivations and what they're doing, but it's still it's still an opportunity. Um, archiving, uh, at a personal level. Uh, I agree with Brendan O'Connell, uh, who I mentioned last week. Uh, I also kind of touched upon this a bit last week. Um, when it comes to what matters to you, uh, archive it, uh, over the last five years, I personally have been picking up older books on everything from alternative archeology, span uh, to other topics, just in case I can't find them anymore. Um, I've been picking up DVDs of movies and documentaries. I know the, the powers that be don't approve of. Um, in a number of situations, I've made PDFs of web pages or used the Adobe tool uh, to make backups of web pages who list various details or even uh, potential items that could go into the memory hole. If you're not sure how to do that when it comes to a web page, uh, no matter what your browser is, go to the top of the browser and click File and then scroll down to the Print option. And instead of using, it'll usually default to your physical printer uh, next to your computer. You have some drop-down options instead of using your printer. And what you're looking for is something called print to PDF that will let you create a PDF file. Uh, other options are print to Microsoft XPS file. And, and then lastly, you can even print to the OneNote application. Um, I use these instead of using image files of websites simply because um, image files tend to get kind of jumbled and you're going to end up trying to save a single web page, and instead it's like 36 icons in a, in a folder somewhere. But uh, I've noticed that more and more folks are talking about um, trying to back up even, even website data uh, just in case either their access to the Internet is impaired or, or websites start getting taken down again. We already saw this happen, folks, if you remember, uh, back in 2019, uh, 2020 era. Um, with with the last election, where people like Polly and others were getting pulled off YouTube, we certainly took some some hits here at, at Rogue. So this is what's known as printing to a file rather than printing to a document. Um, also, do not store anything of yours on the internet cloud. Change the settings on your on your PCs or even your phones to make sure your backups are not going to the cloud uh, or directly to Microsoft or to Apple. Uh, these people already know enough about you. You don't need them having your personal files on top of everything else. Store all your data on the hard drive of your of your computer and make sure to back up your computer regularly to a physical removable drive. You're looking for a drive that uses what's known as USB 3.0 technology or similar for high speed uh, to download your files and things. I highly recommend products by a company called Silicon Power. I use, I have a couple of those here at home. The U.S. military uses their products in combat zones. They're very, very well made. You can store up to a terabyte or more on just one of these. These They'll fit in the palm of your hand. Um, also, secondhand bookstores or find one online. 
uh, if you're looking for for some books, you may want to make sure you have a copy of. I'm not saying we're going Fahrenheit 451 here, but uh, denying you access to the internet is about the same thing. So the uh, the bigger piece of of what I was going to cover today deals with the mega group. Now I've talked about the mega group uh, before. Um, this is the financial consortium out of Columbus, Ohio. And a lot of this material, not all of it, but a lot of it comes from Whitney Webb and, uh, you know, the book of hers that may or may not get published. Um, this is a tight knit group of, po of folks who work with Les Wexner of the limited. Um, there's also a mysterious death of a high profile lawyer in all of this, which is interesting. The mega group was co-founded by Les Wexner of the limited. The limited is, is one of the, there's the, the corporate consortium of which Victoria's secret was part um, the mega group is considered an informal pro-Israel philanthropist organization. Uh, the group is not only pro-Israel, but introduces a term in philanthropy some of you may not have heard, and that's what's known as ethno-philanthropy, or philanthropy who benefits a single ethnic or ethno-religious group. And of course, in our newly minted woke universe, how exclusionary of them. The mega group has ties to Robert Maxwell, that's Gisling's dad and the father of her sisters, who make all that U.S. intelligence software, and Mark Rich and Israeli intelligence. Uh, you may remember Mark Rich. Uh, he was the Israeli-connected uh, commodities trader, and Bill Clinton uh, pardoned him after his uh, indictment. Um, Wexner's partner in founding the mega group, well, it was Charles Bronfman of the Bronfman family and the owners of the Seagram Food Empire. And of course, it was Claire Bronfman who was caught up in the Nexium scandal I talked about a few weeks ago, where she's currently serving time in federal prison. We also have a new player in the story I haven't mentioned before. This is a man named Ronald Lauder, last name L-A-U-D-E-R. Uh, not just a mega group member, he was also in the Reagan administration. He is the billionaire heir to the Estee Lauder cosmetic empire. Uh, there are rumors he was the guy who helped Ronald Reagan and his administration clean up Iran-Contra for the low, low price of favors to Israel. Some of those favors may have included the U.S. government pur purchasing Israeli software with known backdoors in them. You know, like the computer Intel chips that are going to be rolling out of Ohio shortly. Uh, by the way, I would like to point out Intel's production facility is literally down the road from Liz Lexner's house outside Columbus. Um, Louder under Reagan was the U.S. District uh, or sorry, U.S. Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense uh, for European and NATO Affairs, uh, a guy who is basically a lobbyist for Israel day one. Um, who are Mr. Louder's other friends and associates? Well, Donald Trump and the controversial figure from the McCarthy era that I mentioned a moment ago, Roy Cohn. Uh, it was Roy Cohn, whose aggressive tactics in Washington, D.C., which were the hallmark of Donald's many strategies in business. Louder says he's known Trump since the 1970s, when Trump was a student at Wharton Business School. Um, Louder may also be the person who secured one of Epstein's many strange foreign passports, including one to Austria. Now, a funny data point about that. If you have an Austrian passport, you must both reside mostly in the country of Austria and speak German fluently, neither of which, which Epstein did. Epstein's Austrian passport actually listed his citizenship as Saudi, which is why Epstein also had the Saudi Arabian passport that he was known to have and the media has talked about. 
The mega group was formed in 1991 uh, by Bronfman and Wexner, and today it consists of about 20 of the United States' most influential business people of Jewish background. Now, I'd like to also point out several members of that group actually consider themselves atheist or agnostic. Uh, for them, Jewish, quote-unquote, is a national identity and not as much of a, of a religious item. Um, though their stated uh, focus is philanthropy, it's often philanthropic operations who were used to launder money for other purposes. Uh, if you'll recall the examples I've told you all about previously, about how Wexner was using major universities to launder money via, quote-unquote, donations. There are many open source resources who've shown Edgar Bronfman, brother of Charles, was connected to Meyer Lansky, the famous U.S. Mafia chieftain during the, the Mafia's heyday in the 30s through the 60s. It was Edgar's Mafia connections that supposedly helped the family build their wealth, not to mention use those connections to smuggle arms into Palestine when Israel was still coming into existence in the 40s. And, oh yes, the Bronfmans have married into the Rothschild family. That's no joke. And don't read that into an anti-Semitic. I'm just saying they've married into the Rothschild family. Um, there's a number of examples cited by Whitney Webb of many uh, megagroup members whose fathers were involved in U.S. organized crime and developed their wealth there. Um, other megagroup connections include this rather mind-blowing item. There was a man named Lou Wasserman who was a mob-connected media magnet who backed Ronald Reagan as far back as when Reagan was just an actor and later sponsored Reagan's political career in California and then Washington, D.C., who also worked closely with Wasserman, Steven Spielberg. Another megagroup member is Lawrence, or was, Lawrence Tisch, who owned CBS News for several years. Of course, that is after Mr. Tisch had served in the OSS, the predecessor to the CIA. Operation Mockingbird, anyone? It was megagroup co-founder Wexner who bought several high-profile properties, including a number in Manhattan. Later news articles later revealed those properties were loaded with surveillance equipment of various kind. Why does that matter? Well, because Wexner rarely used them or even saw them, but he did make them available exclusively to Jeff Epstein. Begging the question, why would you buy a bunch of very expensive personal properties and then hire the best people in the world to load them with surveillance equipment, even in the bathrooms? Um... Extensive efforts have been made to keep Wexner outside the public eye and exposure. Uh, case in point, in 1985, a Columbus, Ohio lawyer, uh, Arthur Shapiro, was killed in what was described as a mob-style hit. It was none other than the Columbus police chief who, during an investigation of the chief in the mid-1990s, who on a separate matter acknowledged that he had destroyed all of the investigation documentation around that murder. What was his reasoning? He felt the report was filled with wild speculation about prominent national business leaders and could be considered libelous. But wait, there's more. A copy of the report did survive, and that report indicated Shapiro was exclusively the lawyer representing the limited via his law firm or a law firm of Schwartz, Shapiro, Kelm, and Warren. Uh, at the time Shapiro died, there were rumors uh, that Les Wexner was involved in a wide variety of mafia figures. Shapiro was supposed to testify to a grand jury related to ongoing IRS investigations. The IRS was trying to determine where vast sums of money had been going and also some various complex tax shelters. Obviously, Mr. Shapiro never made it to that testimony. Uh, there are a number of other threads, including the topic I've raised several times around, yes, the Promise software. Uh, this is that thing about Danny Casolaro, the investigative reporter that was killed for digging into this. Promise was a software program used by Treasury and other investigators in financial forensics examinations. 
That software was the basis for later versions of other software or applications who were part of what's known as PRISM. So what's the big deal with PRISM? Well, US and allied governments use it for intelligence work. It was also the topic of WikiLeaks content as well as the famous Edward Snowden PowerPoints where he described for the first time for most folks what PRISM was and how it functioned and what it could do. So what's the connection? Well, evidently, Israel was using various laundering techniques to fund their operations around the world. And um, what do you call it? They realized this would be a problem. So they got their hands on the people that had developed the software to make sure that Israel had backdoors in it. And then that way they could monitor intelligence agencies and what they were researching and if they started digging too closely into what Israel was doing, they could impede them through the software itself. This is where I have to raise again Ghislaine Maxwell's sisters, uh, the same sisters that have been selling software to intelligence agencies for years, most notably in the United States, the FBI, and the CIA. So what's the megagroup connection? Well, there was a big intelligence dust-up a number of years ago where the NSA was monitoring the Israeli ambassador asking his superiors in Tel Aviv how they could either stop or compromise the promised software. And he asked at one point, and I quote, should we use Mega to help us get that information we need? And his colleague in Tel Aviv responded, quote, we don't use Mega for things like that, unquote. When that became public, Israel stated the conversation was misunderstood and Mega was just their reference for the CIA. Uh -huh. uh, this then goes on and on. Uh, and then we got my favorite buddy from the Reagan administration, Ed Meese, who's involved up to his eyeballs in money laundering with Motorola and the Promise software. Um, lastly, we also have rumors of the real reason for Robert Maxwell's death. Supposedly, he was his media empire was in trouble, and he threatened to reveal what Mossad was doing if they didn't bail out his struggling uh, interests. Purely my own take on this. How over the top must your ego be that you would be so stupid as to threaten one of the most dangerous intelligence agencies on the planet? I'm pretty sure they'll find something else for you to do if you have to file for bankruptcy. When Maxwell was buried in Israel, multiple Israeli intelligence officials gave glowing eulogies about the value of his work for Israel while Ghislaine Maxwell stood, stood by. Shortly after she buried her father, she moved to New York and started associating with Jeff Epstein, and we know the rest of that. So with that, I'll open the floor. Uh, v and CJ, your your thoughts and commentary. CJ, do you have yeah, any commentary? Well, you know, again, the whole. I hope the book gets released. I mean, because there's been enough. What, what have you been waiting, Velas? Now, like two months, two or three months? <laughs> no, more than a year. More than a year. So hopefully, at some point, it will get it will get released, uh, so we understand a little bit more of of what's happening. But I think again, until we get the actual uh, uh, list uh, to see what's happening and then uh, find out if not, if they're truly going to go, you know, after uh, Prince, uh, gosh, darn it. What's his name? Um, Cause apparently, apparently he, he either is going to give an interview or something related to it. But um, I, I was, I was, I was told they're not told, but I read that also he had, either settled out of court or, or paid off uh, the accusers. Um, so I'm not, I'm not sure about that. So I, I hope that, that at some point those who are on the list who are guilty of that will be held accountable. Um, just, just, just pa patiently waiting. 
Well, and the other the other thing, folks, I wasn't sure I'd have time to cover today is is that of the two books I'm waiting on, Whitney Webb's is is more critical. But that other uh, Epstein book, uh, I I didn't know I'd have the time to cover it today, and it wasn't all that important. But um, the other Epstein book that's out there, uh, I I received <laughs> I received notification on Monday <laughs> that that one's delayed. I'm not kidding you until summer of 2023. <laughs> <laughs> but but as i was stuff. as i was telling cj and and v privately uh that particular author um what do you call it he's i don't want to say inflammatory but he he's kind of like the hollywood gossip type of person he did already publish a book on epstein which i did read um his sources are kind of sprinkled in the text of his book but it's not like there's an index in the back and i'll go there uh that other author who's who's got the upcoming uh, epstein book um what do you call it he and his publisher are known for saying they're going to publish a book on something and then the party who the book is about rolls in with a check and says here now sign this non-disclosure and don't don't publish the book so the the book really we need is whitney webb's book uh to to probably illuminate a number of things that haven't haven't come out yet the other thing of of interest and and ties into the fbi raid was that and i can't remember i think it was luke uh that that put this tweet out but we can't we can't forget that also wasn't it the fbi who uh raided epstein's uh safe and took out all the hard drive and the photos and then less than six months later they lost all those cds they lost all those hard drives <laughs> you guys are being too hard on the fbi these things happen okay oh i'll do you one better i mentioned this on a on a show and i and this was covered in the in the florida media it wasn't really discussed nationally is one of the reasons why the powers that be are, are still uh nervous about and trying to stop various um news organizations at the local level because they still actually do real reporting um the Florida law enforcement and Florida Bureau of Investigation that was involved in the raids on, I'm terribly sorry, we're not supposed to use raids anymore, the execution of warrants uh, at Epstein Properties in Florida, they had the evidence sitting in an evidence building. And by the way, folks, those those <laughs> those are not the sorts of things that you drive by on the road and it says evidence building, you know, uh, uh, Kansas Bureau of Investigation. It, it's just a nondescript building where they keep this stuff. Um the the evidence was stolen and and the rumor was is it was was uh no harm no foul but the rumor was is it was russian intelligence who stole it um now could it have been the fbi take i mean you know god who knows could could be mexico i mean there's no way of knowing um but yeah i mean there's there's the, either federal agencies entrusted with evidence uh have lost it or don't know where it is we've misplaced it uh, or in the case of local law enforcement who uh, has, has seized property, same thing happened in New York. There was material up in, in a New York safe house that, that or uh, evidence uh, building that went missing. Now, as a friend of the show could say, and he's right, um, mishandling evidence is an offense. Uh, the problem is, is it takes one of us to have the guts to go file a complaint with that state and say, I want, or the federal government and say, or the, uh, the internal affairs division of the FBI and say, uh, why aren't you investigating this? Uh, I want a FOIA to know that you ever carried out an investigation, understand why your agents misplaced critical evidence in a major investigation. Yeah. Or, or certain alphabet agencies uh, took the, the files, the photos and said, this will be great. Uh, blackmail material for us to leverage as well. You got it. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Because as I said on one of my shows the last two weeks, you know, sometimes 
Sometimes this is just different federal agencies blackmailing each other. Uh, and uh, Mike Moore of True Pundit, not Michael Moore, Mike Moore of True Pundit has said this often. Uh, it's it's a protection racket among elites and billionaires. You know, if Hunter Biden screws up again, well, Joe Joe Biden owes more favors to various federal agencies who want budget. Uh, or case in point, you know, these these investigative agencies of the government. It's not just FBI folks. It's federal marshal services, a whole bunch of them. Um, but if those agencies go a little overboard or don't follow the rules or get in trouble themselves, well, then that's when they start calling in favors because it's like I've still got I've still got the medical records of your kid's third drug treatment. Um, you know, you better bail us out or that's going to accidentally find itself in the in the public domain. Don't forget also, here's a classic example for all of you that in um, Hollywood, especially in the 1950s, um, there were a number of publications that basically published rumor mill stories uh, about various actors and actresses. And we have to remember the morality of that era uh, as far as the types of things that were considered um, incendiary. Um, and in a couple of cases, there were some investigators and or publishers of those publications who, who wound up dead. But there was a story that came out in the 1980s that kind of made some people upset that the, it was later realized that publications like the National Enquirer, and I, and I, I do feel the long fingers of Scientology on this for a particular reason that I'll get to in a moment, that the National Enquirer would publish stories, uh, very, very, uh, speaking of emotion, very inflammatory, out loud stories on the front cover of, of the National Enquirer right there at the grocery store, but that they were uh, owned by or partnered with more, shall we say, legitimate publications like People Magazine or, or Woman's Daily or whatever it might be. And that the deal was, is they would go to various people and say, we've got this dirt on you about whatever. So either that goes on the front page of the Inquirer or you do a puff piece for us in People Magazine about the new house you bought and how you decorated your living room. Now, the person whose name kept coming up with a lot of these was our friend over in, in Scientology from, from various action films, uh, Tom Cruise. Cruise, we're going to get into possibly aspects of your, your uh, sex life and similar that we're going to put on the front page of the Inquirer or... Uh, you do this puff piece in People Magazine about the new house that you and Katie own uh, and your baby that's on the way. Now, in a classic, classic move, what happened? Well, then blackmail came out about those publications and what they were doing. That basically they were, since the 1950s, all these publications have been doing this. We've got a complete and total inflammatory rag, and we're going to put really nasty shit about you in there. Or you appear in Time Magazine and do this other article. So... The rumor out there amongst some attorneys and other people is, is that what happened was is people protecting Tom Cruise exposed the racket in kind of a counter move. And, and so what happened was is that all of those publications had to start backing off of some of the stuff they were doing because the, the, uh, the little game was exposed. Hmm. Yeah. Yep. Good stuff. Yeah, real quick, if we have time, I also just want to give a, a huge shout out to uh, Roger Waters of, of Pink Floyd, who was just really doing so much for the entire Free Assange uh, movement. Yeah. Uh, his concert series and everything that's doing. And then he took CNN to task and just absolutely destroyed it, them in his, his interview with them. Uh, everything from uh, Ukraine to uh, deeming Biden a war criminal. Uh, the guy's doing so much. And so he's, he's, you know, kind of under attack, of course, from the media, but 
yeah, so just huge shout out to him. So uh, hopefully he'll he'll continue to do that work. Yeah, I saw I saw Rogers, uh, or, yeah, Roger Waters' uh, comments out there. Uh, he'd been he'd been uh, critical of Trump as well, uh, but you know it's it's uh, it's uh, <laughs> it used to be a free country. Uh, it's still a free country, so you know have at it. Uh, that's that's how he feels about it. Uh, there's there's a couple of folks out there that have been have been. Uh, it's like uh, Judge Joe Brown. I mean, Judge Joe Brown has said things that have made me spit coffee all over my keyboard. Where it's like, my God, that was out loud on YouTube. I can't believe he just said that. So. <laughs> Very well. Velas, thank you so much for joining us again and breaking things down. It was a bombastic broadcast, to say the least. And, folks, I recommend that you go back and listen to this again. A lot of things covered. There's a lot of juice in here that you need to, like, really squeeze and get the most out of it because there's, there's just so much to that, that Velas covered today. Um, Boys, if I if I could, um, yeah, sure. Uh, and and I didn't prep earlier, so I apologize. Uh, and I saw some of the comments CJ posted in the comment section there. What is our plan for YouTube? Uh, we're 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 trying to YouTube is like a rated G platform. So I think uh, I mean a guy like you, you, like for instance, you're 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 a, you you know someone like you is perfect for YouTube. You don't you don't say anything bad, you know. Well, I'd filter myself a bit more, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think uh, we're trying to figure out how to come back. Excuse me, how to come back to YouTube uh, without running the risk of running into the same thing. So, you know, I think the we're, the we're, biggest thing on YouTube is just yeah. to to remind uh, the other ninety thousand folks out there we're over here. <laughs> yes. To quote from the movie well. Casino, oh, oh, you're over here now. Yeah, I'm over yeah. here. <laughs> Yeah. So we got to figure out. We got, we got to do like some sort of a big. Hey, we're back, and right. uh, then try to get as much of the audience off YouTube onto this. And the thing, the hardest thing about YouTube is that it's so damn convenient. You know, what I'm saying? it is. So that, they have the best app. It, it's so easy. To, it, everything's seamless. You know, and nobody else has anything similar. I mean, Rumble's getting there little by little. I've been. Watching Rumble, but their their streaming capability is is nowhere near. I mean, you just if you want you want to stream on Rumble, you, you got to pay like twelve grand a year right now. You well, and the average the average person knows about YouTube. They have a they have a, a platform that covers so yeah. many different interests. Folks are less. I mean, no harm, no foul. But I mean, that's one of the good things that that CJ is so familiar with the gaming universe. Or else, you know, how many p? I've had so many people that I tell privately, hey. Uh, go go get yourself on the Discord. It's like what what is a Discord? It's like right, what is a me, Discord? Let me explain to you how this works. Well, CJ plays a lot of violent video games because he's about you know increasing his toxic masculinity. <laughs> it's terrible. The fear, the fear is with platforms like Discord that eventually when they grow up and they start to evolve, it's to okay now how do we start making even more money and who can we sell to? And that's when usually it starts to fall apart. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, we're it's like, okay. Now you're I think, I, I think, this, I think nah. if we return to YouTube, we got to put up like these keys. We got to display these keys on the, uh, on the screen. And the keys will be like these keywords. If we go the bim, bim, bop, you know, it's about, you know, we're talking about COVID or if we do, uh, right. you know, I don't know. You got to use code word. I have no idea. It's it, it's such a touchy platform. Well, and Frank's Frank's approach. You know, Frank from quite frankly, his his approach when they were really hammering him was is he did I forget twenty or thirty minutes on YouTube while while broadcasting on all his other channels, 
And then he would tell his audience, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. If, if you're on YouTube, we're leaving now. You can only, yeah. you know, the rest of the show is only available here. Uh, Gus, obviously, we cannot allow, <laughs> we cannot no. have Gus on YouTube. No, not even for 20 seconds. <laughs> You start off with that bleep 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 bleep. I gotta go. I gotta hit the beep the bleep button. Well, and I think I think like whether it's Andre Martinov or some other folks like that. I think you know we can't can't have those folks on on YouTube because the the machine is definitely going to get upset about that. But but yeah, he's already on all over YouTube with his own channel. You're kidding? Yeah, yeah. You have the the Smoothie X12 channel on YouTube. You can you know follow him there. Um. But yeah, you know he's fine. Andre doesn't say anything controversial. Hello, it's me again. <laughs> I hello, love his me. intro. I love his start. Every start of his YouTube videos. Well, hello, it's me again. <laughs> Every video, it's hilarious. Yeah, I, I love, love him. him. I love Andre. Well, and, and Salente impersonation, Siege. You to make him sound I, like Mexican. I'm amazed. <laughs> I'm amazed they haven't pulled uh, Salente. Uh, Salenteo starts out soft. He's the he's the friendly little Italian guy, and then within within ten I'm minutes, he's just Italian losing it. Out. He's got the spitting into the microphone. On, his black leather jacket. Then the New Yorker ready, comes out. <laughs> then because the these Yorker sons of these bitches in Washington. <laughs> right, exactly. These motherfuckers. <laughs> Hilarious. Well, everybody out there, have a have a good weekend and uh, take a deep breath. And uh, you know, craziness like you saw this week. Uh, just my own two pennies in the in the UFOs pool. next. Get ready. It's <laughs> no next. shit. <laughs> what uh, the the aliens oh, yes, are the landing. Aliens. Yes. Yeah. The aliens oh, are didn't, landing. Didn't Joseph Farrell say that uh, Trump was taking? He he got raided because of some UFO documents or something. I didn't listen okay. to the entire thing. It, it it ran really late. It was supposed to start like at midnight, and then I don't think it started till 1 a.m. Uh, oh. But, you know, uh, Dr. Farrell, he's been fighting some really serious health. Conditions. In fact, he almost died. Uh, that's why he's Ouch. not doing his. That's why he's not doing his YouTube uh, channel. He, he should anymore. quit smoking. Well, that that would be a good start. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and also remember to turn on his mic once he starts going live. <laughs> he don't always forget. Uh, but yeah, I think I think that you know again that was over on the dark journalist, which they they get into more of the woo uh, than we than we do here. But yeah, I think that there was some conversations about potential UFO files that were were taken out of the White House. But who knows? But you know, but what's funny, folks, is is in all seriousness, th- this is how this goes exactly to my point. The situation has gotten so crazy that after a raid like that. Uh, that somebody you know who has a program or whatever could say, well, I think there were there was Roswell documents, and things have gotten so out of control. The average person might sit there and go, I don't know, I maybe it could be. Exactly. We're we're so far through the looking glass right now, anything's possible. Or they went looking for Epstein docs. I mean, who knows, right? I mean, that or or like I said, it, it was uh, no, it was the Kennedy assassination. But that's why yeah. that's why I showed that clip that one time. Everybody from. Um, what do you call it from from uh, the Simpsons, where the parents are all disappearing and the kids are like, okay, the reverse vampires, uh, in cooperation with the Rand Corporation, you know, and then and then uh, Bart is fighting with the other kid, going, maybe they've gotten to you. T- but be good, everybody, and 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 go hu- hug your loved ones and just, I mean, this this. It, craziness is going to continue folks it's it's going to continue i mean there's a sadistic part of me that just sits there with a bag of popcorn looking at my screen going i wonder what happened today uh and then the more rational part of me is like please lord stop stop jiggling the, the needle and just let it all calm down for a minute so we'll see and with that being said 
We're over and out. Take it away, CJ.